Not bitter, just better. The all-new Everton podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here, as always, with Mark. Mark? You caught me with by surprise, then. I was just there sending a text on my phone. And you started? Didn't even give me any warning? Yeah, sorry about that. Um, do you know what? I've just been debating whether we should start off like being all moody. Uh, like, hello, everyone. <sighs> We're a bit depressed because of our performance last night. <sighs> but I didn't want to do that because people's first impression, if we get any new listeners... Uh, That's generally how you usually sound, though. That was your normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I just wanted to start off bright and breezy, but we are a little bit depressed, aren't we? That was crap. Utter, utter rubbish. I actually don't really want to talk about last night because I, I don't want to go over it again. I want to just forget about it. As you may have guessed, we are recording this on uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, we did say last week that we were hoping to get back to our regular-ish Wednesday slot, and so we, you know, middle of the week, we get to reflect on the the game that's passed and look forward to the game ahead. But we're on a Tuesday night due to soft lads uh, working pattern again. It's you. You're the one who started getting nine jobs at once, yeah. never free. Anyway, no one wants to know about that. Uh, so uh, we will start, as always, as depressing as it might be, uh, with uh, the game last night against West Brom. The visit to West Brom. Put your phone on silent. Done. I told you, surprise me. <laughs> Wasn't ready. Yeah, so, um, first, as we always do, start off with a little bit of team news. Um, Pienaar took a knock earlier on in, in the day, I believe, or over the weekend. Well, I thought it was just the injury he picked up for when he went off against Norwich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I thought I thought he kind of sh- shook that off. and um, uh, Maybe it was one of those where, you know, training... Uh, couple of days after they thought he might make it, but then he just didn't recover as quickly as they thought. I think uh, Martin has just come out today and said something along the lines of, you know, he is close to full fitness, but just wasn't quite ready yesterday. Did you, um, did you, you listened back to the podcast last week, didn't you? I did, yeah. Did you hear the bit where I said something about Stephen Pienaar shaking his knockoff? And um, I must have backed away from the microphone just a little bit, and it kind of tapered off a little bit and sounded like, Stephen Pienaar, uh, if Stephen Pienaar shoots his knob off. Right. And that is two very, very different injuries, isn't two, it? It's two very different podcasts as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um, we're hoping that the reason he didn't play last night wasn't because he shot his knob off. Right, OK. <laughs> Are we talking shot in, the, in sort of the vernacular of he's took a rifle to his man parts or something a lot more sinister? What's more sinister than taking a rifle to your man parts? Well, like, you know, I don't know. The thought of Stephen Fionar maybe enjoying some gentleman time by himself. Ah, uh, um, oh yeah. Well, no, I, I meant, like, maybe getting a little gat and... Anyway, we asked to become a different podcast here. So Pop on a cap. Let's crack on with it. Um, right, OK. Yeah, so no Pienaar anyway, because he shot his knob off. Uh, and who, who, who would you have thought would come in? Pienaar. To play left midfield? Or, yeah, whatever. Uh, well, probably Oviedo. Oviedo. So you would have assumed he would have came in on the left wing? Yeah, as, as has sort of been, you know, tried and tested over the last couple of months. Yeah, so um, 
Where did he start? Right midfield. Right midfield. It was more in like a right support of Lukaku. Role. Yeah, it was right midfield. Right midfield. But every time the camera panned out for the game, Obiedo was like just off the striker. Yeah. So it was an odd one. And where was Morales? Um, left midfield. So where's Morales been playing? Right midfield. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a strange one, wasn't it? It didn't make any sense whatsoever. And I don't know whether something had been identified as to whether, you know, Oviedo could cause, uh, you know, their left-back problems. Yeah, he's playing right midfield, their left-back problems, but it didn't really work. No. Um, the other change was, uh, speculated, uh, Distan was fit again and he came back in for John Stones. He didn't look fit, though. No, he didn't. Um, but just before we go on a little bit, did you think uh, Jagielka looked a little bit heavy last night? I mean, literally. As I, in, like, he's been on the Aidan McGeady diet? Yeah. I didn't... Well, I must admit, I didn't... It didn't spring to mind. Maybe... Uh, I didn't really notice that is what... But he has just been on holiday for a week, and we all know what you're like when you're uh, going on holiday and you come back after a few too many... Uh, too many beers or a nice all-inclusive steak. Maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe it's the way that new shirt fits. Um, so How does it fit? <laughs> well, it makes you look like you've got a big belly. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, the lineup: Howard in goal, Coleman right-back, Baines left-back, Distan and Jags in centre uh, of defence, centre mid. What, what, what did we call him last week? Uh, well, we, we tried to call him... Maca- no, hang on, I'm getting the wrong one again. <laughs> McCarry. McCarry, yeah. Barthy. Anyway, um, the midfield pairing of McCarthy and Barry. Uh, just in front of them was Osman. And either side of Osman was Morales and Oviedo. And the newly shown Lukaku up front on his own. Yeah, I mean, we usually save things like this for the news section, but I think we've got to talk about Lukaku's hair now. What is going on? Well, he's just cut it off, hasn't he? When, I mean, we posted the pictures of his, uh, his, his new Sean Do uh, on, I think it was Saturday, on the webpage. Um, and I tell you what, I was in shock. I think I said it was it was the worst thing since Tim Howard's beard. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, we, we, had, we, we shed a tear, didn't we? We shed a little bit of a tear. We, we mourned the loss of Lukaku's hair. hair. Not as much as Tim Howard's beard, though, I wouldn't have said. No, it wasn't as bad as Tim Howard's beard. I'm still mourning the beard. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever get over that loss. No, no. Um, but, you know, there's that old adage about is, if you cut your hair off, do you lose your powers? Um, and we didn't really lose his powers last night, because he lost them about two months ago, in my opinion. Yeah, well, that's another matter, which we're probably we're going to talk about a lot more. Um so McGeady was in, in line for a, a place in the squad and he made it to the bench. He did, yeah. Um, Velios back on the bench? Velios was on the bench. Uh, McGeady, Naismith, uh, John Stone dropped down to the bench. Uh, Who else was there? Heitinger and Hibbo. Hibbo, yeah. Yeah, so we started off and I don't, I mean, I don't think we started off too bad. It was The, the, passing, the passing wasn't great. And straight away it didn't appear as crisp as I've seen, but no, uh, they I thought it was sort of 50 50 the first 10 15 minutes, and El Pair looked bright, 
I thought. Uh, and then we had a couple of chances, didn't we? Oviedo had a, a nice volley. Yeah. And uh, we just went wide and then hit another one just wide just afterwards. Yeah. Um, Morales was doing okay, getting on the ball. I think Lukaku got on the ball a few times and the control just wasn't, it just wasn't there. I don't know whether he was trying too hard to impress because it's you know obviously spent last season on loan there. Lukaku struggled to hold the ball off all game. I thought it's, it's like a different terrible. player, wasn't he? It's just it's very, very, very frustrating. Uh, and when it came to you know, I can't remember who played the ball forward. He made his only really contribution to the game. Um, with a header to flick on for a Mar- Morales. It came from distant, didn't it? Was it? It came from sort of the left-hand side of the fence. Uh, it was either Baines or distant, but I think it was distant. Plays the ball up uh, the left-hand channel, I suppose you described it as. Uh, I think one of the centre-halves were Mark and Lukaku, uh, who's nodded the ball down. Uh, and it looks like it's gone to the Argentinian centre-half, Lugano. Yeah. Uh, but Morales just leaves him standing for pace. So it was a perfect flick on, really, uh, and good, you know, com- good composure from Morales and a great finish. But as I said, I mean, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the second half in a sec. You know, that I can't remember Lukaku doing anything else in that half. Can you? No, I say, I, you know, I it was Lukaku's poorest game in an Everton shirt, I think, and you know, he's not exactly been brilliant over the last sort of. Eight to ten games by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, yeah, a definite low point so far in his uh, short Everton career. With the um, with a little bit of backdrop for the game, I'm, I'm sure you know if you're listening to this podcast, you, you probably know that um, Liverpool dropped points on um, on Saturday uh, at home to Aston Villa, which was amusing. Yeah, which was amusing. And um, Aston Villa bottled that. To be fair to them, like he should have, you know. Yeah. They were controlling the game for the first 40 minutes. Um, so, Spurs managed to win. United dropped points. United got beat. So, we were in the position where we could have went back into fourth place uh, with a win. And we managed to go in 1-0 up at half-time. I mean, I was, I was updating our Facebook and keeping an eye on the Facebook pages throughout the first half. And um, there was a, an awful lot of negativity and so a lot of people saying that West Brom deserved to be in front. And I, I can't take that from that first half. I don't think they did anything. No, I thought, as Everton performances go this season, I thought the first half was... I, I, I thought it was a poor performance. I thought the second half was a disgraceful performance, but I thought the first half was a poor performance. And, I, you know... I think that could have gone either way in that first half. It could, you know, could West Brom could have gone in one nil up, and and you probably wouldn't have thought, well, we've been robbed there. I don't, I don't agree. I don't think they created anything in the no, first half. No, they didn't. They didn't. But I don't think we really created a lot. But we we, we created a, a few decent enough chances. Um, so I I didn't think it was unfair for us to go in one nil up at, at all. What I will say is when when we did score in the first half. For a li- it looked as if we possibly may get a second before half-time and I think that was our major downfall in the game not not putting it to bed because I think uh, West Brom went a little bit knocked for six towards the end of the first half um, but just managed to see out uh, the last five, six minutes after Morales' goal um, but the players went in for half-time and I was expecting a second half where you know we just control the game really and uh, I got the complete opposite 
Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know what happened at half time. I'll tell you what did happen though. Uh, they bought an Achibion. They did, yeah. And uh, at half time, wasn't it? How did we forget about Hanashibi last week when we were doing our pre West Brom? Well, because he's been injured and he's not been playing for them recently. Um, yeah. And obviously, he was he was fifty fifty for this game. Uh, not likely to to play. Um, but he was on the bench and. Uh, did you did you see the little bit where the, as he was waiting to come on where this Dan tried to push him over as he was waiting to come on at half time? Oh no, missed that. Missed this Dan sort of as he was you know as they're waiting to put the board up as all the players are coming up the tunnel. This Dan sort of shoulder barged them yeah. and Chibi sort of stumbled over and then turned around and started laughing at him. Uh, and that was probably this Dan's only contribution in the ninety minutes. That was uh, newsworthy. Yeah. Um, well. No, there was a, a big bit at the end which was very newsworthy. Well, there was, but he was um, he was upside, so that's well, quite newsworthy though. Right. Um, I, I must admit, as the second half started, um, I just I couldn't believe how much we surrendered possession, how much we gave the ball away, how much uh, we we'd pass into the middle to players who were mar- who, you know had a West Brom player right off the chuff. You know, it was just. Poor decision making, poor passing, poor control, and we, we were our own worst enemy. I'd go with that, yeah, definitely. Um, it didn't stick when it went up front, it didn't stick when it went to the wings. Morales tried a lot of things which didn't really come off. I think he was the only one really trying anything inventive. Y- yeah, I love that. And I mean, to me, what struck me was the players have just been away for a week, haven't they? You know, warm weather training. Uh, I think we said last week, you know, it's a good chance to go out there, recharge the batteries and come back after a bit of a break. They all came back and looked absolutely knackered. I mean, Coleman wasn't pushing up as much as he has been. He looked, uh, you know, he looked a bit not to have the legs he usually has. Now, I've seen people today saying they think that's because of Oviedo not giving him any cover. Um, But I don't agree with that. I think he was just... Looked a bit leggy. I thought Baines was pedestrian. He, he, he slowed the game down every time he got the ball. The only bit where Baines moved to any pace was a very controversial bit where everyone's uh, talking about him diving. Um, and he, that, the only time he was running at any real pace and he kind of tried to ride the challenge and went over. And pe- you know people are trying to compare it to Suarez's dive. Um, that's the only time you move with any pace. The rest well, of the time, I, I actually think you can compare it because they're both times. And you know, we can't sit here and we can't have a go at Suarez all the time, and then just say, "Well, Benji's wasn't a dive. The, there wasn't enough contact there for him to go down. He did go down. He's not the only player who does it. They all do it. I don't like it. I don't think we should do it at Everton. Um, and my well, my I, view is maybe we should." He should at least be spoken to, and if not, maybe uh, some sort of sanction placed on. I think it's a very different type of dive. I think you know he's, he's anticipating. He's not gone down to try and win a penalty. So the only difference in the two dives then is one's in the box and one's out the box. And a foul isn't different whether it's in the box or out the box. So why should the dive be? It's it still is. the same. No, I, it no, is. I, the difference to me is Suarez is a blatant diver and he's got a long history of diving and simulation. I can't recall Leighton Baines. 
there's been loads of times where Leighton Baines could have gone down for penalties and free kicks and hasn't. So I can't. To me, Leighton Baines hasn't got a history of that. This was a one-off. So that's the difference to me. But still, I would still like the club to come out and you know denounce it. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 he went down. He went over. He didn't. I don't know whether he's tried to cheat him though. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that because he's running full pelt. And if, if a big like mummix yard dog like Stephen Reed is coming at you, you're gonna try and ride. It's like the Gareth, Gareth uh, Bale thing. If he's running full pelt, he's gonna go over. If he, if, you know, as soon as he leaves his ground to anticipate the challenge. I don't know. It's not. He's got to protect. You're trying to say he's got to protect himself. I think also some sort of blame should go on to the referee because the referee, when you look at it, was in a very good position. I think on in situations like that, though, is it is it a dive or is he trying to save himself through simulation? He's going over. I mean, do you want to get webbed by a big? You've got to be brave, though. I mean, you've got to be brave in football. You've got to expect challenges. You've got to expect a bit of physicality. You can't just fall over every time a player comes near. Yeah, well, I think there's very different cases there. Uh, any, anyway, um, with that, that d- d- the point, that was the only time he re- moved with any real pace. The rest of the time, it looked like he was running in quicksand. It did, yeah. And, uh, you know, I expected the team to come back, like, looking a little bit refreshed, you know, a bit of, bit of vigour back with them, really, and it, and it was the complete opposite, and it, it surprised me, and... It's worrying. Yeah, that it, it really. I mean, it's one of. The, I mean, we'll, we'll reflect on the whole game after we caught it, and it's, it's just one of those. Um, but the, the, what we talked about just before we talked about the start of the game, Oviedo on that right hand side. It was just an awkward place. He was like stood in front of where Seamus was running. Yeah, because he does tend to play out wide, doesn't he? Rather than cut inside that you usually get with Morales so you know to be either Seamus on an overlap if it was a natural side but it just to me it just messed up the balance for the whole of the game really uh, and I thought it was pretty clear that things weren't working and what did surprise me as well is um, Roberto didn't take the opportunity to change it which he usually does um, it was actually Pepe Mel uh, the new West Brom manager, who made a few changes, as we've already mentioned, on TV half-time. Uh, he also brought uh, Berahino on, didn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and did change it up, and, you know, West Brom got an equaliser. It was a sloppy goal as well, wasn't it? It was just really... Uh, I think they'd have, they had a, a number of corners and set-pieces, and uh, Logano, was it? It was, yeah. He, he stayed up in open play and managed to get a little dive and edder at the near post and it, there's no way he should have got to it there's no, there's no way the cross should have come across um, it was a good header it was a good header yeah it should, should never have got to good header great goal um, but why why have they got a centre back up in our box you know we should be dominating play enough or you know we should have been pushing on enough he should have been back straight from that corner but we let it slip so much that they, can, they could afford they could afford to put Ben Foster up there because we had no threat going forward at that time this, uh, this is true and when, when you saw West Brom coming forward 
Um, and they were using an achievement in what you would say is the, the Lukaku role, basically. Um, everything was sticking, wasn't it? He was holding <laughs> the ball up. And, and you know, he, he looked at, he looked like Anachibi, you know, did occasionally for Everton when he was when he was real quality, but I thought Anachibi played really well once he came on and pretty much changed the game. Yeah, so one all and then from there uh, we eventually eventually made the change. Uh, what was the first change, can you remember? For us? Yeah. Um, the first change we made God, you put me stones, with this now. stones for Coleman because Coleman looked to have a hamstring. Yeah, pull. Coleman pulled up and was holding his, I think it was, was it his right hamstring he was holding. Yeah. Um, and then I think I expected Tony Ibbett to come on earlier then. Yeah. Stones come on. And for the second, I thought, we're not going three at the back. You know, I, I thought we were going to go three at the back for a minute and try that again. But um, it seemed to stay as it was. We're up flat back forward, Stones at right back. Do you know when. Some some players and athletes um, pull a hamstring because they're running too much. I think Seamus pulled this because he wasn't running up and down as much as he normally does. Very possible, yeah. <laughs> so, because Oviedo was stood in his way. Yeah, maybe Colton pulls muscles when he stands still. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Stone's on. And then uh, the change, which possibly could have come a little bit earlier, McGeady on. McGeady came off uh, Osman. <laughs> Pass. I think he, I remember Os, Osman did go off at some point. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there were so many bad performances for Everton yesterday, but Osman looked like a third division player. He just went, He just wasn't there, he just wasn't in it at all, was he? He was just awful, he was awful. He gave the ball away so much, his control was terrible, his... The runs he was making were wrong. It was just awful. There's, there's no more, you know, I can say about that really. What about McGeezy when he came on? Um, it looked to me as if every time he got the ball, he just wanted to do some sort of daft trick and make a bit of it, you know, sort of maybe make the showboat real without really having any purpose. But they came off and he, he kept. Oh yeah, he did. He, yeah, but he didn't. It, it was like in. I don't know how to put it really, it was like unnecessary I thought, even though it looked good and yeah alright it was coming off but it was like, it was not in the places that were going to hear people. Yeah. It was just, it was Well, it was a step up keeping possession though wasn't it? Yeah. So. I I love that. Um, uh, So, West Brom were making a few chances and were having a little bit of pressure after that and um, you know it was one all. I wouldn't say they should have scored or anything. Um, you know, we it was about about fifty fifty, half and half, both going like not really up and down. It was just like I don't know. It was just kind of petered out. Poor game. It was just petered out. Didn't it? it was hard to watch. It was boring. It was dragging on. Uh, and then you know we were. I, I was willing us. It was got towards like the ninetieth minute, and I was willing us just to try and create one last chance. But you couldn't see it coming from anywhere. And then literally last kick of the game, we won a corner. Yeah. yeah it was you know, free kick down towards the corner flag. and Oh, yeah, sorry, it was a free kick, wasn't it? Just in, <coughs> just there, just about five yards away from the corner flag, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, you're thinking, no, oh, no, we haven't done anything else all game. Why would we create something now? And it was something or nothing, really. It, was, it wasn't really a, a great ball in. It bobbled around a bit. Eventually fell to Gareth Barry eight yards out. 
and he, he didn't really connect with it, did he? No, he, he hit a shot, he scuffed it a bit, uh, and basically Sylvan Distance popped up there on the back post and, and, and flicked it in. Yeah. Uh, ran off, celebrating, um, but clear, clearly offside. About five yards offside. And, you know, it was off target the shot anyway, wasn't it? it? It was, so it wasn't a case of, you know, he stopped a goal going in because the ball, Barry's shot was clearly going wide, so distance tried it and, um, and you know, the right decision was given, it, it was clearly offside, so the game's finished one all. Uh, and I think I texted you straight away, didn't I, saying, I wish I wasn't so good at score predictions. <laughs> yeah. I think I've got the last four spot on. Yeah, well... Predict us a win next time. <laughs> well, I'm going to. Don't worry, I'm going to predict one for the derby. But uh, yeah, one-one, and it was it was disappointing. It was, I would go so far to say our worst performance this season. Listeners, can you notice the way our tone has changed? <laughs> we, now we sound dejected. That's why I wanted to start off with a bright intro. Just reliving that was a bit of a nightmare. And um, I mean, it, it's got to be done now, hasn't it? And you know, our, our, our thoughts on it. Uh, I think we've played. Worse in spells, but uh, you know, in games, yeah, you got bad half here and there. But overall, I don't think we played any worse this season than we did in the second half of last night, where we couldn't string two passes together yeah. and nobody could control the football. Yeah. I, I, you know, we have a laugh some weeks saying, you know, I could have hit a shot better than him. Me and you could both control football better than every Everton player in that second half yesterday. Yeah. Um, what do you do? You think Lukaku made an impact later on in the game? He had a couple of runs, but nothing, no. nothing happened from no, it. No, I thought it was poor. And you know, it was one of them games. Funnily enough, where you know, twenty twenty five minutes ago, you would have loved to see Yelovich come on. So the option, you know, there was no Yelovich on the, uh, on the on the bench, obviously, because he's no longer with us. He hasn't died. In case you missed, he's just gone to Hull. I'm starting to to get the feeling that Velios is just. A bench filler and Martinez has got no intention of ever even giving him five minutes. Yeah, because last well, last night we we were chasing a goal, um, and he brings Naismith on for I can't remember who he came on for. Naismith could have come in for for Osman. I can't, you know what? I, I blocked it out from my memory now. Yeah. So, and it just didn't seem like a very uh, a very attacking substitute. And you know, Roberto normally gets them right, doesn't he? He does. And he normally won't have it if you know if he doesn't feel like the team's performing. It's something that we've uh, we said we like about him. He'll just change it there and then. But he held out, and a lot of people have said they thought Moyes was back in charge for the I game think last night. It's fair to say that eleven players. Are, well, all right, maybe you can not say this about Tim Howard, but at least ten players on that pitch yesterday had an off day. And it's fair to say, I think, Roberto Martinez had an off day. Yeah. But um, let's let's just put this in, in perspective a bit. I've been trying to look a little bit, you know, reflect on it in a brighter way, if you can do. They had a new manager. Yeah. So it was a very, very tricky fixture on paper because of this new manager syndrome, which Correct. people call it. So we could have gone there... And, you know, they could have, you know, raised the game, things could have clicked, they could have been trying to perform for the new manager, and I think a couple of their players did. And, you know, so we could have got beat. Correct. And I obviously... And it's a draw. It's I a draw. obviously predicted the draw the other day because I thought there was something about this game going into it. 
And it shows how far we've come. The fact that we're so disappointed by an away point. You know, the last season or any of the seasons before, we'd have said, we're happy getting a point out on the road and winning games at Goodison. I think I would be happy with a point if I didn't watch the game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly if, what you If you'd have just seen that result, you'd be like, well, you know, we, we, we could have, you know, it, it could have been a tricky game that. So we've, you know, avoided a little bit of a potential banana skin. Um, but the fact that I watched the game and there weren't really many positives to take from it. But as I say, on reflection, you try and, you try and forget about that, you know, that, that, you know, that kind of, that side of things and just take the fact that we've got an away point. Every game coming up, no matter who it is, whether it's home or away, is going to be tricky. Um, so you just have that. You know, Liverpool drew at home to Aston Villa on Saturday. Which, which were they would have seen as a three-point banker, wouldn't he, really? You yeah, thought. there's no three-point bankers anymore. Um, every every one of those clubs, you know, Crystal Palace, you would have thought a few a few weeks ago, that was a home, that was a, a banker, we would, should have got three points there, ended up with a nil-nil draw. I think even more so now, now that Tony Pulis has come in and got them playing OK and getting, putting some points together. The Sunderland game, these things happen. There's no easy game. And all those teams in the bottom half of the division are all fighting for the lives. The whole bottom half. The whole bottom, the whole bottom half, half, yeah. So, I'm going to ask you now the hardest question you'll probably <laughs> man be of the match. Who was your man of the match last night for Everton? I'm racking my brains and the only one I can think of is Kevin Morales. Just because... He sort of tried and he, he got involved. I, that's not any sort of criteria to give somebody man of the match. Maybe McCarthy. I don't know though. See, even McCarthy, you know, I think I said last week he's, he's a 7 or 8 out of 10 every single week. This was the first game, I think, since he joined us that he, he's played the full 90 minutes where I thought he was under a 7 out of 10. But everybody was under a 7 out of 10. I thought if... if an easier question would be to name who was our worst player on the pitch, and for me it was out, it was either Osman or Distan. Distan gave the ball away every single time he had it. I, with Distan, it's just it becomes glaringly obvious. It looked like he'd been out for three years rather than three weeks. It's just how how he can be so uncomposed un- on the ball. Is that the, was that the right term? Was it incomposed? A lack of composure anyway on the ball <laughs> um, when you put him against. The performances we had of Alcaraz and Stones on the ball, just on it, we're just going on the ball. I take it he's he starts still tired, panic. Alcaraz. Yeah, he's still tired. Yeah, so he just he just panics on the ball. He's got that jags jittery panic, and you know when someone's about twenty yards from, he starts to like stumble and stuff. And if he does that this time next week, then we are in for a long night. Sorry, maybe not this time next week. <laughs> you know, in seven days' time. When we play the shite, we are in for a long night because you'll get punished. Correct, correct again. But um, back to who would be the worst player, uh, just for expectations and ability-wise. Um, Lukaku, Lukaku yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, let's forget about the negatives. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. A pick of the Everton players for me last night was Kevin Morales. I, I, yeah, I, I'm gonna agree because he was knocking. He was trying a few things. He scored a goal. You know, he got booked at the end because he was trying something and he got frustrated. He was, he got, he was interested and to me, you know, that was that was a difference over a lot of the other players. We well, said we want to see more from him and we are, we still have two goals, two games. 
Yeah. Um, but so another point away on the road, I suppose, if you look at it that way. We're down to sixth. We are down to sixth, and it's getting really congested around. Still us. five points ahead of Man U in seventh, um, but it's getting up very, very tight, as you say. Um, but right, we've got to pick ourselves up again yeah, now. Haven't bit we? depressing that, um, and we've talked about it for a long time because it was so depressing. And if there is any league game that can give you an instant pick up, uh, the next league game is obviously the. Uh, well, we need to definitely step up after that. And I'm sure we will. Yeah, me too. Uh, anyway, we'll leave the West Brom game there and uh, come back in a sec with well, all this week's Everton news. News! OK, we'll start off with a little bit of news that we couldn't confirm last week because it wasn't quite complete, but... Now we can, and he made his debut on Saturday for them. Jelovic has left and gone to Hull. So now we can say there's no more talk about Jelovic on the podcast. But we did mention him before. But we did mention him before. Yeah, and he missed an absolute sitter as well for Hull, did you With his very really? first touch, yeah. Yeah, yeah hit the post. Um, Get used to that, Hull fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, so one striker out. It looks like there might be one striker in. Well, at the moment, it still hasn't been confirmed, um, but I think it's just sort of waiting for a way of payment at the moment. Uh, which um, which we should say that West Ham applied for one and got it got granted. Yeah, obviously the player we're talking about is Lucina Traore. Um, a bit of a background to this is that I think Sam Allardyce and West Ham have been sort of trying to broker a deal for a number of weeks. Uh, it, it's a bit of a strange transfer, this Traore one, because he did play for Anzi in Russia uh, and he's been bought very recently by Monaco. Uh, I think Monaco paid somewhere in the region of £16 million about last week. Um, but we're then looking to loan them out almost immediately. Um, so, you know, obviously Monaco have got a few bob and can afford to buy £16 million players and then give them away for nothing. So, um, West Ham had the deal sewn up. Uh, and then obviously um, in comes Roberto last minute. Uh, and I think Traore's obviously looked at where West Ham are on the table and looked at where the Blues are on the table and decided that would be the better option. Um, I was just having a little look, if you, if you want to know a bit more about Yeah, go on. Um, I saw the good goal he scored against the, the Shite in the Champions League a couple of years ago. Yeah, that, well, that, must, that, that's it the, must have been a while ago because that was the, that one was the Champions League. I'd never heard of him before, really. Uh, and he's a big lad, so you're not really going to forget him, are you? Six foot eight. Six foot eight. I don't know why I said that, but six, um, six foot eight. Hence why he's called the gentle giant. The gentle giant. Don't we need a, we need a mean giant, don't we? Well, yeah, we do, but I'm sure... An we, angry uh, giant. Yeah, I'm sure we can sort of get that beaten into him. Um, get him to play with uh, Delafeu and not pass him, because he'll soon be angry. Yeah, he will do, yeah. Uh, and as we say, yeah, he's currently, he's playing in clubs currently in Monaco, um, and... He's, he's gone there recently from Russia. Looking at his goal-scoring record, he's played for a couple of clubs. Um, he played for Cluj, who have been knocked about the Champions League a couple of times. Uh, got 14 and 44 appearances for them. Uh, he then went on to uh, a side in Russia, uh, Kuban Krasnodar, that well-known Russian giant. Uh, got 18 and 38 for them. Uh, signed for Angie, uh, 13 and 29 for them. Uh, and then he's not played for Monaco yet, uh, and his international records four and seven for the Ivory Coast. They were a decent side. So he's, he's around 
one in two overall. Yeah, he's sort of about one in two point five, I would say. Um, but you know, looks like a a completely different option to what we've had before, really. Um, I don't know. I mean, what's the nearest we've had to a six footy forward to Duncan Ferguson, maybe? <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah. Just in case you wonder why Johnny's making so many strange noises and burps tonight, he's just that's a chilly. <laughs> yeah, so I can't, I can't control myself. Um, so, you know, if we were recording this on the Wednesday, we'd probably be able to confirm either way. So we're just making the assumption that will be done and dusted and he will, um, he will have signed by this time tomorrow, hopefully. And what the, the news on him, it was um, suspected... Uh, that he had some kind of muscle tear or something like that. I think it's a hamstring pull, but not not a major yeah. one. Just something to keep him out three or four weeks. Yeah. Well, Roberto has said he's got some soft muscle tear uh, issue, and a couple of days he's a couple of days away from fitness, full fitness. Fair so enough. he might be on the bench for the derby. Uh, he might be indeed, uh, and you know there have been pictures knocking about showing him in, in Tesco's in Wellington. So he has definitely been up in the northwest. I had a dream about him last night. You know, it's funny that he, he, we we went. Was he, was he being gentle with you? No, 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 not that type of dream. We went to uh, went to JJB in in one of the, the industrial estates, which you can tell it's a dream because they don't exist anymore on these industrial estates. And um, they had a booth in there which uh, professional clubs hired to take the. The, the new stars in to do the photo shoots and stuff like that and I just happened to be in JDB and he was in there and so I said to the staff oh it's alright if I get a footy and wait for him to, to get signed and um, they said yeah it's fine so I ended up waiting around for a couple of hours and the bastard didn't come out how old are you? <laughs> we live in my childhood there. while we're talking while we're sharing football dreams I had a strange football dream the other night that I had trials for a professional club but I don't know what club it was and I was playing in a trials match, right? Yeah. And he played me at left back. Oh my and I was God. telling him, I can't play left back. And the left winger who was playing ahead of me was Gabriel Obertan. Bizarre. That's all I remember. Yeah, that is pretty bizarre. There you go. Yeah, so anyway. I am also 12 years old, <laughs> just like you. Um, so, Traore looks like he's in. So, maybe... Uh, so, that's a loan option. Um from the sound of things from the interview last night, when um, uh, Roberto was asked about bringing any players in, he uh, reinforced the fact that Kone and Gibson are out, and they're the players who we are going to try and get cover in for, so in the positions for, so another attacker and another midfielder, apparently. Right. Okay. So uh, on permanent deals, um, hopefully. <clears throat> um, yeah, so, I mean, that, that's the, the bulk of the transfer. Yeah, it's been pretty quiet, hasn't it? It's gone quiet on, on Bashwai. Uh, not heard anything on that deal. Well, this I, week. I think their club president has said he's not moving. He right, won't be moving like, in uh, this. Because yeah, apparently, this minimum fee they've got, uh, they, they have to accept bids now, but they don't have to sell them. But in the summer, if you get a bid and that matches the fee, you do have to sell them. One other player we've been linked with, I think he was linked with the Shite earlier on in the season, is a Lazio midfielder, Onazi. Onazi or Onazi. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Again, there was, there was a rumour knocking around this morning, but I've not heard much on this, so I don't know whether it was just made up on a website or whether it's come from a paper. Um, Heiting and possibly going to Roma. 
uh, and we get Nicola Berdiso in return. Not out that one. I say that's uh, the very early stages that so far that rumour I think. My uh, my other news that I've got written down is it's deja vu again because uh, with the same position as we had last week, Leighton Baines is expected to sign a new deal in the next few days. Didn't well, we say this last week? You know, we heard rumours about this probably two weeks ago and I think we put it out on our site and then a few days later it started to appear on, on you know various other sites uh, and then it, it, it's now started to appear on Sky News saying the deal's imminent so um, we wait with beta breath. Uh, the other news, Pinar still out, as you said he, lo- he looks like a couple of days away from full fitness so he might be back in the squad for Stevenage uh, which we'll talk about in a bit. Seamus, it didn't look good. It didn't look good. It did, well, it, 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 he kind of hobbled a little bit. I think it's more of a pull rather than a tear. So I think he should be back in within a, a week or so, whether he's back in time for the derby. I think on tonight's echo, uh, it said something about it might have been more of a precaution. Um, so we'll wait and see on that one. It's a bit early for us at the moment to give any sort of real indication as to length of time he may be missing. He'll be a massive loss in the derby, though, if that's the case. Yep. My uh, my other uh, last I've got another couple of bits. We've already talked about Lukaku and already talked about the Baines dive. We haven't talked thoroughly about Lukaku though. Which do you want to do that now? As in, are we talk about haircuts still. No, uh, we've we've had uh, quite a bit of feedback um, saying. Well, uh, Carl actually tweeted me. Uh, tweeted us and said, uh, "Would we drop twenty to twenty-five million?" for the Lukaku we're seeing at the moment? Uh, the Lukaku we saw last night, I certainly wouldn't spend £25 million on. Um, but we do know what he is capable of, so um, I don't think his price is going up at the moment, uh, which I suppose is a good thing in a way. Um, but, you know, if you'd asked me two months ago, as I said, you know, whatever it takes, let's break the bank. But at the moment, I am starting to get... I can now see why... Chelsea were prepared to loan them out, for instance. Um, this is, you know, this is just a question thinking on, on the spot. But, you know, since Jelovic, he's back already, uh, since, since Jelovic left, um, you know, there's been a few pieces out there on Everton's site saying um, that what was, you know, what was the true Jelovic? Was it that spell that he had where he scored a lot of goals in a, in a small amount of games? Or was this the true Jelovic and he's been found out now? So, is it the same kind of thing with Lukaku? The thing with Lukaku is he scored a lot of goals in Belgium, hasn't he? And then he's gone to, he scored quite a lot of goals at West Brom last year. Uh, and then he's come to Everton and initially he scored a lot of goals. I think he's probably just a street player like a lot of forwards are. Well... Hopefully he'll find a streak again soon because we, we, we need it. We need it if we're going to you know finish the season strongly. Uh, just a little bit of breaking news here. Now you know we've been linked with Tom Ince on and off over the summer. We mentioned him a few times on the podcast. Uh, it's all gone quiet on that recently. But uh, Blackpool have just sacked uh, Paul Ince as manager this afternoon, which I think he's always tried to keep his son at Blackpool, hasn't he? So maybe that might. Uh, I wonder if the seconds come with regards to then wanting to, to sell him, perhaps. Yeah, well, he, wherever he goes now, if, if Ince gets a job anywhere else, he's not, you know, Paul Ince was keen to keep him up in the northwest, wasn't he? Yeah. So, 
you know, that might just die, die a death now. Um, so, I mean, Lukaku, we just, I, I don't know what, we, what else we can discuss about that, really. So let's move on to something that's related to Lukaku. But um, it's, it's another one where we, we get, we're facing, again, an awful lot of criticism, even more so with the proposed signing of Traore. Um, about loans, loans again, and we've talked about this already. And I can't see why people wouldn't see the logic in getting loans. Well, we have ex- we, we've talked about this, and it makes sense. And I still stick by the fact of you know if we can get players on loan now, who push us up into the top four for the end of the season, then we can obviously buy. We're, we're in the market then for players of a higher quality than what we can attract now, and, and that can only be a good thing. What is just worrying me with you saying that? If we can't get into the top four with those players on loan, and then they go back? Well, then we, we buy the players that people are saying we should buy now. They are in our price range and our uh, attractive ability range. That's definitely not a way. <laughs> but, you know, so, you know, I've got no problem with the loan system. You know, we potentially now, if we do get Traore in and you've got Traore in Lukaku up front, there's a, a what? A £38 million strike force and we haven't paid for them. So, how can you argue with that? I, I think I, I don't think that there's a, uh, that's the end of the movement. We're definitely going to bring another striker in before the window shuts, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there will be other players coming. I wouldn't be surprised to see if. You know, after we've got McGeady already, you know, Traore's looking like it's done. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another two or three, in all honesty. You need um, to show means business now, I think. Yeah, he does, yeah. And, and you may as well, you know, put your money where your mouth is now just to try and give you that extra push and try and get something for him this summer. We've had the old, uh, where's the Arteta money bill this week, haven't we? No, don't even go there, that winds me up. Where's know, the Anachibi money bill? Where's the Fellaini money? Exactly, yeah. So Let's get off that subject because this will annoy me. Um, something that has broke today, uh, and, and again it concerns Lukaku, is he might find himself in a little bit of hot water because he's come out and publicly supported Nicholas Anelka in the wake of this Laquenel uh, controversy, shall we say. I don't think in any way Lukaku's supporting you know, anti-Semitism or supporting a gesture. I think what he is saying is, you know, he doesn't think Anelka should get punished because he's probably not meant anything by it. Yeah, so, I mean, whatever. I think if it's, you should steer clear of political gestures anyway, shouldn't you? So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think, he's probably just saying he doesn't think he, mean, he meant it like that. So, I mean, what can you do? Okay, so quite a slow week on news, really. Not much news as such, is there? No, it, it has been. I think maybe because we're a day early doing the recording, perhaps. Or, but yeah, it has been a fairly slow week. I'm expecting over the next week it to probably heat up a little bit. We're coming up to the end of the air transfer window. So, so this will go out on Thursday morning. I bet you the shit hits the fan tomorrow, and there's all kinds of news, and we'll be out of date already. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> we'll sign Messi. The priority deal will fall through. Roberto will resign. Yeah, <laughs> I just hope the Traore is better than the last Traore you played on Merseyside. Yeah, did you see that the on that on that news now? Uh, Everton Jimmy Traore away from West Ham saying like we hijacked the ah, deal. Ah, see what they've done there. Yeah, quite clever. quite clever. 
Anyway. Because he played at the back, he got Julia the sack, it's Traore. See, see the way I didn't cut you off there? In, after your last attempt at singing. Right, there you go. There's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of our listeners have just tuned out. Cheers for that. Oh, he scores lots of goals. I can't think of anything to rhyme with goals. It's our Traore. Yeah, anyway. <clears throat> That'll do. That'll do, that'll do for the news section, and we'll be back in a sec with a, a little bit on social media. We haven't got a full social, social media section this week because I didn't have time to put the questions out. We're doing it on a Tuesday night, but uh, we, we have had some thoughts sent to us. I'm getting the impression we're starting to sound a little bit unprofessional this week. No. No, it's just... It's oh, no, that's every week, isn't that's it? That's every week. Yeah, every week, yeah. Okay. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Okay, so as I say, we're not going to do a full social media uh, like feedback section this week. What I will say is, um, thanks to all of, our, all, all of our new likes, or likeies on Facebook, and... Uh, Followers on Twitter, we went up to we went up uh, two thousand likes. We virtually doubled, didn't we? Close on. I think we were on about two and a half thousand, uh, and we're up to knocking around the five thousand. No, there's not. I mean, there's there's a few evidence sites on Facebook, and um, you know, you know, Facebook isn't the be all and end all. Um, you know, the podcast is what we're into, uh, and what we're all about, really. Um, but the Facebook kind of thing. Because we both work, we're not on it all the time. A lot of the other Everton pages, I've got you know a couple of people on it, and they're able to do it, you know, do updates um, throughout the day, and that's not not something we can always do, is it? So we kind of miss the boat a little bit like that. We don't always get that as many followers, but this weekend we managed to put a little bit of time in, um, and you know, be consistent with our posts, and we ended up with nearly at five thousand now, and. We're getting more and more and more and more, uh, so we want to say thanks to all you know, all the new people and the old people for sharing us and stuff. So, cheers for that, and you know, hopefully that will result in more feedback for you and more, um, more of your views and more of your clips being sent in. Um, the majority of like you know correspondence we've had has been uh, about the game, really disappointing. Disappointing, uh, from disappointing to downright pissed off and angry about the performance. As I said before, we did get you know a message, someone saying that they thought Moyes was back in charge last night. <laughs> Is that what people are saying? Yeah, I mean, and you can see why though, can't you? You can see why. Yeah, it's it, it was unlike uh, Roberto to be that um, that hesitant to making a change, and that's what Moyes used to do, Dither and Dave. Um, so, you know, that's been the majority of the feedback. Some other feedback we're having is, again, about Lukaku saying, he's well, he's lazy, he's uh, he's not doing enough. And it's just a little bit of doom and gloom there at the moment. And You're always going to get that after a bad result, though, aren't you? So, you know, we've got to look at the big picture. and It's been positive for most of the season, and, and that's the way that you would expect it to, to get back in. As we said before, if there's ever going to be a game that's going to pick up the spirit of the Evertonians and get the positivity running again, 
it's probably going to be uh, the derby next week, I would have thought. Okay, so we'll get to the, the derby in a sec, but what we really can't do is um, overlook Stevenish at the weekend. No, we can't, um, and that's uh, obviously our next game, uh, FA Cup, uh, fourth round. It's the fourth round, isn't it? Yeah, fourth round. It's fourth round. Um, and we're playing a team that we've come across fairly recently. Yeah. Uh, in Stephen Hudgeborough. We know through our own experience that we uh, we can't take them lightly because you know they'll be raising their game. We'll probably play somewhat approaching a second string team. Uh, where we though in the FA Cup uh, we thought, you thought this last time and I think you know we, we saw Joel and Gold didn't we we saw Oviedo left back yeah. we saw Jelovic up front we saw we're not going to see Jelovic up front now though are we no, so I don't think we're going to see Velios so we're going to see Lukaku up front we'll probably see Stephen Naismith up front mm, possibly yeah um, having a look at Stevenage though I mean they're not having a great season to be fair uh, currently rock bottom of League 1 uh, on 22 points uh, which is three less than Tramia who are having a terrible season uh, so um, you know again it, we it, we played them recently and it, it went to, it went to extra time didn't it the Stevenage game yeah it took Fellaini do you remember it took Fellaini to drag us out of it it did yeah um, so I can't see the PNA it should be a, a straight walk over shouldn't it well it's I mean we're away aren't we obviously which is, is never an easy thing but yeah, well, you know, as, as I said when it was announced, um, it's the half five kickoff for BT Sport uh, or ITV. Uh, so they BT Sport, I think it's on. So they spy or they smell a giant killing. I think they just like to show games where the big teams go to these little stadiums, don't they? We're going to we're travelling to the the Lamex Stadium. The Lamex. The Lamex, yeah. <laughs> Well, do you think that might have some sort of uh, be named after their performances recently? Possibly, yeah. As what I will say, I'll throw an old cliche out there: form goes out the window in the FA Cup. It uh, does, and uh, you know ev- every club wants to go as far as they can, and it's a real opportunity for um, for smaller clubs and lower league clubs to get a bit of revenue in. Um, you know, they, I think they put their ticket sales up. The ticket, their tickets for the away end were forty-two quid. Really? For, for uh, a team who were bottom of the first, you know, League One. That's a shock of that. So, uh, and just, just, just in case anyone's wondering, uh, I just thought I'd just like to just reveal that Stephen and Jeff are pleased to announce that Stuart Dinsey has joined the club's board of directors. Oh, Stuart. I Stuart. remember Stuart. Yeah, Stuart. Well, Stuart's actually a Good former family. East Terrace season ticket holder and club sponsor, and he grew up in Stevenage and is now a successful businessman within the media industry. Well, nice. You may wonder why I'm telling you this, but that's the top story on Stevenage Brothers' website today. <laughs> Is it? Right, okay. There you go. Yeah. And, well, I've just noticed, they haven't even got our new, new badge on there. Lazy gets. Oh, they haven't? No, they're using the old badge. I think we should call the game off. That's a disgrace. Um, person, personnel-wise, uh, you know, you're looking through this, there's not many players you would have thought that Stevenage have got. Uh, you know that are going to cause us any any real problems. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, Mark Max Mantowatch is going to be a difficult one this week because I don't think I know any of their squads. Uh, what are you thinking for personnel for ourselves? What what sort of team do you think we'll put out, Johnny? I think it will be Joel and Goal. I think Oviedo will be left back. I think he's not going to risk Coleman. Uh, he's probably not going to play distant. So Stones and Hibbert will come in. 
I think uh, McCarthy will play. I think Barry will play. I think Osman will play. You know, I think you'll see Naismith. Uh, the other two, I can't really. I'm not really sure about. I'm not sure whether Lukaku will play or not. Uh, you know, he might, he might play Morales up top. Uh, I don't think Pinar, if he's still shaking it, you know, if he's still trying to shoot his knob off or shake a knock off, I don't think he'll risk him. Uh, but then, you know, we're looking at numbers now and we're starting to look a little bit. The bench it is, is looking a bit. It's looking thin, isn't it? So, you know, we haven't got a massive amount of players that are fit at the moment to, you know, to, to sort of do any squad okay. Oh, McGeezy, of course. McGeezy, I think McGeezy will come in, yeah. I think he will start, yeah. Um, my man to watch for Stevenage is going to be Francois Zoko. Is that because he's got a, a continental sounding name and sound? That's the only reason why I picked him. Yeah, looking through, they've got you know John Ashton, Luke Jones, James Dunn, Jordan Burrow. These all these all don't sound very exciting. But then there's Francois Zoko, who scored for them against us earlier on the season. No idea. So yeah, so how do you feel the lineup's going to look? Um, pretty, yeah, I mean, as we've just discussed there, there's very little rotation that could be done. Um, I'd be very surprised if he, if you know, he gave the likes of say Belios or my guy Gay a start. I'd be incredibly surprised. So you're only really looking at maybe. Obviously, Coleman's got that pull. Perhaps we'll see Stones at right back. Maybe he'll give Hibbert a game. Um, but yeah, that that'll be really the only change I could see from from the team he's put out the other day. Maybe give Pina, you know, give Pina an hour to try and get a bit of fitness back. But I think it's going to be pretty much as, as it was. I expect to see Lukaku up front. Uh, I don't think there'll be great changes in defence or midfield. So, um, and I expect us to win very comfortably. Well, I'm hoping we do. <laughs> I thought. Yeah, well, you know, it's a real opportunity to have a good run here. You know, the fifth round, um, you know, if we get a favourable draw, and, and you know, as, as, I, as I said earlier on the season, I'd fancy us beating anyone, really, uh, in the FA Cup. Get the fifth round away, you're in the quarters in the sixth, sixth round, aren't you? And then there's a semi, back to Wembley, and then, who knows? You're getting a bit, uh, a bit ahead of ourselves here, Johnny. Um, I'm going to go 4-11. I'm gonna go with out of position prediction, but I think uh, I think they'll score just to shake it off a little bit. So, don't know. Anyway, so that's one fixture out the way, and then uh, <laughs> fast forward three days, uh, and we will probably record next Wednesday. I would have thought this is going to be tricky. This is we've done this once already this season where we've had to do build up for two games. Um, because of the, these Monday and Tuesday night games, the stupid uh, people who put the fixtures together have no consideration for people who put together two-bit podcasts in people's front rooms. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So if uh, the FA and uh, the television companies could bear that in mind, uh, we're not happy. Uh, the main problem we have, obviously, is we don't know who's going to come through, you know, the Stevenage game, do we? We're all getting injured. And the other side is, you know, somebody could have an absolute world. You know, Velios could play in Stevenage and score 10. Uh, and we would have no idea that, you know, he was going to do that. So, uh, do you think that would matter? No, I don't actually. I he think he still wouldn't play. You look at Yelovich, when Yelovich scored two 
And was he still the most mentioned player on the podcast? And wasn't considered. No, I think we've mentioned Velios more. Possibly. Um, yeah, but obviously, you know, you're going into a derby, you're going away. You're going to Anfield where we just don't win. Uh, we haven't won since the Kevin Campbell goal, which, uh, you know, the Kevin Campbell derby. Um, you've got to play your full, you've got to play your strongest side, haven't you? You, you know, I think, you know, a big, big factor in this game is going to be if Coleman's fit because I, looking at the shite over the last couple of games where I've seen him, you know, the Stoke game, the Villa game, they are so defensively frail, it is unbelievable. And in particular, Sissoko plays at left back, looks like an absolute dog of a player. And I don't mean dog in a good way, I mean like he should be taken out in the garden and shot. It's funny that, isn't it? Because he's on loan. He is on loan, yeah. He is on loan, and yeah. you know, they're calling us ever loan. I just think it's a bit of double standards here. Yeah, the problem is, we loan players who are decent, and they loan Sissoko and Victor Moses. Yeah, so. It's a bit of a, you know... Did it, you hear that crazy quote the other day from Ben, ben and Rogers? Oh, and about I did. Moses? Go on. He I said about Victor, what he basically said about Victor Moses, he said, is that, you know, we haven't seen the best of Victor Moses yet because when you play for a big team like Chelsea and then you sign for a really massive club like Liverpool, it takes time to adjust. Oh, he's, a, he's, just a, That's what he he's just a comedian, isn't he? He's an absolute whopper. <laughs> Should we do our Scouse translation? Whopper. Is whopper going to be Scouse translation of the week? Yeah, whopper in term whopper. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it can be... It means idiot, somebody who probably doesn't tell the truth very often. Um, just, someone who tells a lot of whoppers is a yeah, whopper. Yeah, somebody who... Somebody who talks out of his arse. Someone who's a bit of a joke, basically. Uh, that's what whopper means. So there's your Scouse translation of the week. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I really, I'd love to see Coleman running at Sissoko. So, I mean, we can't, we can't, we can only speculate at the moment. We don't know for certain. But if he doesn't make it, who do you see replacing him? Coleman. Uh, It's a toughie, isn't it? I mean, the only two options are Stones or Hibbert. Um, I think Martinez will probably go with Stones. I think that because he, he's more assured on the ball. I would probably go for Hibby, just for experience. And but you know, has Hibby ever really shrouded himself in glory in derbies? Not particularly. So it's a toughie, really. Um, I'd, I'd worry about Stones at right back with their forward players are really good. Um, yeah, tricky one. Um, you think Distan will keep his place? Yeah, Distan's if he's fit, you know, as long as he hasn't aggravated anything last night, and he, he should keep, you know, Distan, Jagielka, Bain should all be fine going into that game, barring any knocks against Stevenage. Banny McCarthy, as we say, they're the first names on your team sheet every week, um, and then I expect it to be, you know, the usual probably Morales, Pinar. Um, I probably I with Barkley being out, I'd like to see Morales possibly play down the middle. Maybe play Pinar and McGeady on the flanks. I think it might not be a little bit too soon for McGeady. It may be, but you know, he got ten minutes or so last night. If he gets ninety minutes against Stevenage, then he's going to. He be can't do any less than Osman. 
did last night. No, but then Osman on his day can, you know, that's... Yeah, it just depends on what Osman turns it up. It depends what Osman turns up, so... Um, and he scored in the last derby, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, sorry, this time last week. Flipping it over to who we're playing, you know, at the moment, Liverpool are very beatable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they've got the two clowns up front who keep scoring for them and doing stupid dances. Uh, and... Um, they're, they're exceptionally dangerous up front at the moment. You know, Suarez is, you know, head and shoulders really at the moment, danger wise, probably ahead of anyone in the league. Uh, Sturridge, I think, is overrated. However, when you're playing alongside Suarez, you know, anyone's going to look up. Brett Angel will probably get a handful of goals. Uh, and then there's little Coutinho as well, who obviously, you know, is. is He's a decent player. He got crucified at the weekend, didn't he, for having one bad performance? He did, well... By his own fans. That's what they like, though, isn't it? Um, so, you know, they are dangerous going going forward. But then when you start to look behind that, I mean, the central midfield partnership, uh, Henderson and Gerrard. Now, you know, to a neutral who looks at that on paper, they probably think, well, that's a better partnership than Barry McCarthy. But I'm telling you right now, it's not. Gerard the other day when he was first playing that sort of anchor role against Stoke and against uh, when he played the other day against Villa, I thought he looked he looked terrible. Well, it says something. It says something about the quality of their side that they were gutted that Lucas got injured because he is he's useless and the they were absolutely gutted that he's out for the rest of the season. Well, that's it. So you're going to probably see it's guaranteed. Literally see Gerard and Henderson and that sort of them two middle positions. Probably got Sterling, Coutinho, um, and then at the minute though, I, you know their their big problem is uh, at the back. I think Mignolet pulls off some great saves, but he flaps a lot. He, he spaghetti arms. He flaps at corners. Uh, one of those goals he let in the other day against Stoke was it the Walters one where they just sort of trickle through his arms. Uh, it shows that you know he's prone to a bit of a howler. Sissoko, we mentioned at left back, I think is one of the worst players I've ever seen in Liverpool shirt. Uh, Torre and Skirtle don't look solid at all. Uh, and then you've got Glenn Johnson at right back who tends to go missing. Yeah, um, he's, he's, a, he's a decent enough player. Coleman's ten times better. Baines sh- should be able to um, cause him a few problems. Um, you'd think that Baines would pin him back a little bit rather than it being the other way round. So, uh, you know, I think we've got as good a chance as we have had in any season going to Anfield. Whereas um, we've talked about this before, whereas, um, you know, we talked about Moyes going to these away grounds and thinking that a, um, a draw was a moral victory and a defeat was just the way it goes at these grounds. And... Roberto doesn't really f- look at it that way, does he? So, what on what we've seen so far? I think when Roberto Martinez has come to Everton, and we all know how much he's, you know, when you hear him speak, you know how much sort of research he's done into the club. You know what, you, you know, you know, he knows what's important to Evertonians. He knows the history of the club, and I bet you, in his head, he either thought there's two things I want to do this season, and that is a, you know, win away at one of the big. The big, the really big teams, you know, your Arsenal's, your United, which he's done when he went to Old Trafford, and B, went away in Anfield. I bet, I'm, 
I'm guaranteed he's got some sort of master plan up his sleeve for this game. Guaranteed. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I really, I really, really hope so because we're going, aren't we? And uh, you know, last season we went and uh, it was a, it was a bit controversial because uh, Distan had a goal chalked off, which was never, it, uh, you know, never should have been disallowed. The season before was one of the worst games and most humiliating games I've ever been to. And Gerard got the attack. Yeah, Gerard got an attack. And um, there was my my birthday present. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Um, I just hope we turn up and we make make a good account of ourselves because it's we we need to we, we can't we can't go there and fear them because they should fear us as well. It's you know there's a two points between us or one point between us, and it's all to play for. Uh, my Mark Max man to watch. There can only really be one choice, can't there? And he's a buck tooth racist arm biter. Um, hopefully, some yard dog lower league defender over the weekend. He's might not going to play. Kick him up in the stand. He's not going to play at the weekend, is he? Well, I don't know. He's one of them players that like Messi, isn't he? he? Just plays all the time because I think he wants to play, and and you know the man he makes the manager pick him. Um, so. So hopefully he'll get booted up in the air and maybe have his face broken in or something. Imagine how much their asses will go if he gets injured at the weekend. Well, we we can only dream. Um, so, you know, I think if we can keep Suarez quiet, then we've got a, a really good chance of, of winning the game. Um, and I'm going to make my prediction, and I'm going to predict 2-1 to Everton. Cool, nice. One of the, one of the lads in work, one of the... the he was saying, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna win, we're gonna win," and you know I don't do predictions. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, I think it's gonna you know end up end up a draw this one, you know, end up a one-one." And I'm not gonna say I'm gonna stick with that, uh, but that was my like kind of feeling then. A gut feeling. A gut feeling then, and I don't really like doing predictions, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna stick with that. But that was my gut feeling then. Um, I just hope, as I say, I just hope we perform like we can do. We can't afford. You know, you, you can carry the odds one or two. Morales went missing last year at Anfield. We can't afford that happening again. Or we won't create anything. Can't afford Lukaku not being on his game. He scored two at Goodison. Um, and Lukaku's really got a chance to bully Skirtle, yeah. He really has. But if he plays like he did last night, he's going to be in someone's ass pocket. And, can you know, they're not good enough to, to, to have uh, a player of Lukaku's quality in their ass pocket. It's a, it's a lot... There's a big difference in getting up for West Brom away than there is if you're getting up for Liverpool away, though, isn't it? If any, if there's a player who's not up for this game next Tuesday going into that, then they want bombing out to the club straight away. If you can't be up for the away derby, you know, and on your game that day, then you've got serious problems. Yeah. So as uh, Johnny mentioned there, we're both going the game next week, next Tuesday. So, and then I think we're going to be recording a podcast on Wednesday. Hopefully. Wednesday afternoon, yeah, hopefully. Wednesday afternoon, so uh, you could get a very, very depressed podcast. Uh, you could get a very happy podcast, or you could get a podcast where we just can't talk. Yeah, we'll probably be... <laughs> like that. I might not even have got home yet if we win. <laughs> um, so we're, we're going to be at players beforehand, and then... Go straight up there. Yeah, to play, that shed. Players lounge, uh, our usual match day horns. Uh, the plan is getting there nice and early, probably about half five, six o'clock straight after work. Yeah, that'll be going straight uh, from work, yeah. 
a few brewskis and then uh, get over to that cesspit, uh, watch the blues, uh, do the business, uh, and then head back up there and see where, the, see where the night takes us from there. Um, hopefully with three points in our pocket and uh, a load of Everton songs. A load of Everton songs, three points, uh, placing the Champions League positions. So it definitely, definitely is all to play for, isn't it? It is, it is. It's a big game, you know, probably one of the most important Merseyside derbies in a long while, apart from, you know, in the league. Is it that big that it could prove decisive? I don't think it will prove decisive, no. It's so tight up the top there, you know. If we were to lose, I wouldn't say, well, that's us, we're not finishing fourth, because we could go on in a nice little run and put ourselves right back in contention. Um, but I think it is highly important in the, the mental side of it. So it's all it's a free for all this week, isn't it? Like um, even though the Stevenage game was on Saturday, all the banter this week, it's all going to be that, isn't it? It's going to be derby talk, isn't it? And that's that's sort of a little bit of you know a bit of a problem going into the Stevenage game, isn't you it? Don't want to overlook think, it. You're gonna you are gonna overlook it and forget about it. But you know, I'm just glad it's Stevenage and, and maybe not somebody like you know. A top of the championship side, or even a you know a palace or a full. Oh, I don't. I don't want to say that. I don't. Don't want to. <laughs> no, I know, I know. We've been stung before. I know we have. I know we have. And that really will put heads down going into the derby, wouldn't it? If we were to lose against Stevenage. Yeah. So I mean, what, what it could spare us on against Stevenage, uh, you know, the, the the players coming in, they might come in and not, you know, and not have the games drop and just be. Well, to me, one of the best things Robbie could do is probably, you know, give the likes of Naismith a start and McGeady and say, you're too well today and you're looking at a starting place on Tuesday night. And if you're the footballer of any weight, that's the games you want to be playing. And aren't they the big, high-pressure, high-intensity games like a, like a major side derby? Yeah, definitely. So, once again, we've kind of uh, run out of room so to speak, in our show for uh, this random player. We are going to do it. Gonna, a, I think it will do. We? I think it will do. We, we do need that, you know, with a little buffer at the end, a little closing bit of fun after... Uh, I'm sure in the close season, in the summer, we'll be scraping round for things to talk about. Uh, then we're going to be doing quite a few random I'm players. sure when the transfer window went, uh, slams back shut again, we won't have as much to talk true, about. True, true. So we could, we could put this random player on hold until then and then have it as a new feature. And in case you know this is your first show you're listening, what we, what we intend to do, for the first 20 games of the season, we had uh, a not bitter, just better Hall of Fame. So we added uh, a number of players into there and there was you know a load of legends Um and a number of games and key moments in Everton's history into there as a moment in the Hall of Fame. But um, we were starting to become very aware that if we carried on doing a weekly Hall of, um, Hall of Fame induction, then it would kind of water it down. So we've got quite a healthy, you know, uh, healthy selection in our Hall of Fame at the moment. And then we're going to bring it out every now and again, aren't we? And, you know, do it like once every three months or so and... When someone maybe even have a closed season Hall of Fame edition. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, um, yeah, we should. Where we induct, you know, a number of different, um, a number of different elements in there, so we could have a player. Just thought of that, then. Yeah, it could I be good. That we could have a player, a moment, moment in history, and maybe even a goal. 
because I think once the season ends, we are going to struggle, aren't we? We might just go on our jollies, but we might. Well, yeah, we might do. We'll probably. It's a World Cup year, so we could probably do World Cup podcasts. Nobody will probably listen to them. No one cares about World Cup in England, do we? Yeah, well, I like a bit of World Cup. I'm not bothered about the England national team, but I do love a bit of World Cup. I love a bit of like you know Saudi Arabia versus Paraguay or some no random game you <laughs> would never watch in any other time. Yeah, so. Uh, when when we put, kind of put the hall of fame uh, hall of fame on hold, we um, we had this idea to do a random player. We've only done one so far, uh, and we did Joe Max Moore. He's never. just random. Random indeed. So you know, people get in touch with them with the, the most random and the best one that we can kind of come up with some kind of profile for them. We're going to do eventually. The ideal choice is a player who, when we say the most random, people then send us things like you know. Somebody who's only played like one appearance, like Tony or, Thomas, or never ever made an appearance. They are random. I will give you that. However, there's going to be very little we can talk about. Your ideal one is somebody who played maybe a season or, or two. Max Moore. Yeah, Joe Maxwell. Mark Fottinger. Yeah, those sorts of players. Yeah, they're good ones to look at, and you can have a bit of fun looking at them. And you know, they you, they start it's players like that were around when the Premier League. So. Uh, kind of kicked off uh, and then got, got on uh, in, the, in the full swing of having all the TV coverage so there's plenty out there that we know about there so, is uh, anyway. and I've, while we're on the subject of random players I've just got to mention this now just because I've got one over on Johnny uh, we put out on Facebook this week who was the better player Stephen A. Smith <laughs> or Dinyar Billy Lettinon and Billy won by a landslide get in Billy lad Get in. I'm saying no. I'm saying absolutely no. I'm, I, I, I wouldn't claim that um, Naismith was a uh, was a better player than him. I, I just I just say I prefer them to him. <laughs> At least he tries. Billy was the best person at avoiding a pass I've ever seen. He'd be he's good to find the space, but then he'd hide behind the player to avoid getting the ball. Well, I just like to say, Team Mark Mack won that one. So there you go. Right. Okay. Anyway, that was that was a, this. This has been a rather long way of winding down and saying uh, that's pretty much it from us for the week. It is. We will see you next week. Uh, hopefully, we will be very happy. Yeah. As as always, especially this time because we've got two thousand and something more uh, more people on our Facebook. I'd like to say if you are listening on SoundCloud uh, and have an Apple device, you can uh, go and subscribe to us on the iTunes Store. Just search not bitter, just better. Also, we started doing a, you know, we did our first one last week, little YouTube preview, and that's got all our links in as well. So if you go to the not bitter, just better uh, Everton uh, YouTube page, you can find some pre-match stuff on there, and we'll end up posting some funny videos and stuff like that. And once, once, uh, once I've done all these links, which is now, I can say. Uh, Bring on Stevenage and bring on the red shite and I will see you all next week. Uh, and my final words for this podcast is something that I think is uh, very suitable and means a lot to me. Cop height or gobshite. <laughs>